now for our feature presentation. If there's anything we've ever done that I'm particularly proud of, I, I would have to say that the uh, perpetuation of the greatness of the Raiders to take a professional football team and give it a distinct characteristic that's different from all others. The greatness of the Raiders. Some may scoff, but what other pro sports team is instantly identified with a song like this one? I had a dream that someday I would build the finest organization in professional sports. There's a commitment to excellence, the greatest players, the flame that would burn brightest here is the will to win. Just win. Play hard. Try not to make mistakes. But don't worry about mistakes because there's only one thing that counts. Just win. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Welcome to Q&A with your boy Q and me, Joe Arrigo, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Q, we got like less than a few minutes till the game starts. I'll say less than an hour. But we're going to be a shorter Q&A because obviously we want to watch the game. But, bro, what did you think of last week's game? Which, I mean, excuse my language, folks. I think it was a shit show up in Winnipeg. This was 80-yard field. I, I thought it really hurt the Raiders in a lot of ways. I'll get that in a minute. But what did you think about the game last week? I thought there was no reason for it to be played. I really did. I thought it was a, a bad job by the NFL. I think they got egg on their face again because they did this when uh, the, the teams were supposed to play in Mexico City, the Tampa Bay, not Tampa Bay, uh, it was the Rams and uh, Kansas City were supposed to play in, in uh, Mexico City last year and the field was all jacked up and so they couldn't. They moved the game back to L.A. Uh, I think it was similar to that. They knew about the game well in advance, so the field should have been taken care of, should have been in tip-top shape. And I'm not mad by what the Raiders did. I'm not mad by what the Packers did. I'm mad because the fans in Canada deserve better. They paid a lot of money for those tickets to see NFL action for probably the first and maybe the only time in a lot of those people's lives. And they got to see like a a, a seven on seven. You know what I mean? They got to see something that was half-assed. And I didn't appreciate that as a fan that sees NFL all the time. I can sure imagine how a fan who doesn't get to see NFL up close and personal, how they felt about it. See, I felt like you had months to prepare for this. Um, And at the end of the day, when you look at that field, and I, I watch a lot of Canadian football, full disclosure, they knew what was what had to happen. I don't understand why they didn't pull the goalposts out weeks earlier, or a week earlier. Get that taken care of. Um, but and I'm not mad. At, you know, like Matt Lafleur said, Green Bay said, "Coach, I just want to play the game." And this happened a couple of years ago. Do you remember when Brett Favre went into Canton and they had to cancel that game because of lightning and whatnot? Well. The same thing happened again. The players, the coaches just want to play because they want to get evaluated and they need to get evaluated from the coaching and scouting standpoint. That's what I'm saying hurt the Raiders the most. You have guys fighting for jobs as kick returners. You have guys fighting for jobs as special teams players. Guys that need that. That's the way they're going to make their living and get their shot in the NFL. And they weren't able to do that because – now you can't kick off your at an 80-yard field. So, to me, it was it was stupid, and it really wasn't even good football, to tell you the truth. 
Like, if I'm a Canadian and I'm watching that game, I'm saying, this sucks, eh? I don't see Aaron Rodgers, eh? I don't <laughs> see Antonio Brown, eh? I don't see Derek Carr, you know? I don't, I don't see anybody, eh? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to be pissed because if you're going to play a game there, make it a regular season game so the, the people can see the actual players they're paying to see. Yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, again, it was an exhibition game. Everybody knew it was going to be an exhibition game. But ultimately, man, if it was going to be what it was, which was not very good, they shouldn't have uh, charged uh, full prices. They really shouldn't have. And that's what they did. They charged full prices for that game. And it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. And and so that was disappointing. Um, I, I wasn't too worried about a lot of the evaluations. But the part that you brought up about the special teams is spot on. Absolutely spot on. At least they were able to do punts and punt return and all that. But as far as kickoff and kickoff return, that is someone's job. That is someone's livelihood. And they weren't able to do that in the all-important dress rehearsal. And I say dress rehearsal in air quotes because clearly the NFL is going away from that third game dress rehearsal. Teams are getting more out of out of joint scrimmages with teams than they are preseason games. So it wasn't even the, the dress rehearsal game. But again, ultimately, I, I feel like the people in Canada got robbed because they had to pay full prices and the prices were not cheap. They had to pay that and they didn't get to see a full price show. So that was, that was disappointing. Well, speaking of kickoffs, the NFL, I think Tom Pilisaro and Ian Rappaport reported today that the NFL is moving towards um, removing two of the preseason games and they're looking to add uh, a playoff game. Or playoff game. Um, so that'll make the players happy and it'll still keep the regular season where it is and it'll allow more playoff football, which could make some people happy. I don't I mean, I don't want everybody in the in the second season, but I wouldn't mind seeing some more playoff football. So I, I find that interesting and that's I think that's in part a byproduct of not being able uh preseason not being what it used to be. At the end of the day, it's not what it used to be. That third game, like you said, was the dress rehearsal for a number of years. Now you got guys like Carr, you know, who played a series in this preseason. Aaron Rodgers didn't see the field, and he's got a new coach, a new offense. How many guys didn't see the field that are superstars in the NFL? And that's all preseason football. So I know what I've seen, and I've seen – I've seen some things in this game that, for me, if I'm a Raider fan, I'm ecstatic about. And even though it was a shit throw, I'm ecstatic about one thing in particular. One thing in particular. And you know where I'm going with this. Because during the game, I text you. I've texted <laughs> you about this probably five, six, seven, eight times, including a couple videos I texted you yep. when I say, Keyshawn Nixon. Every game. Keyshawn Nixon. Yep. <laughs> Every game. I told you. Hey, I'm going to say that I told you so, guys. And, and I, I, I know there's a bunch of guys in the Raider Nation, a bunch of people that are, are literally saying, like, Joe, you told us about him. I did. And I said it maybe because I'm biased, because I've known Keyshawn for probably about four years, three, four years now. Keyshawn worked out with my, my 17-year-old son. Keyshawn, one of Keyshawn, I know a few of Keyshawn's trainers that work Keyshawn out in the offseason. Keyshawn stays in Vegas in the offseason. Before he went to South Carolina, before he made this decision, I asked him, do you feel this is the best decision for you? 
you know, you're not going to be able to get on the field right away probably. He only has two years. Sean said something very interesting to me. He goes, Joe, I want to go there because their DB coach teaches all different forms of techniques, and we learn all different types of of of, um, of coverages. So I can be prepared at the next level. He already was forward-thinking two or three years. So for me, to have Keyshawn Nixon have that forward-thinking and then to see what he's done in the, in the offseason and then now in the preseason, I'm going to say this. He has been the Raiders' best cornerback on the field every single game, and I don't think it's close. It's not even close. It's not even close. Not at all. Head coach John Gruden said so. As a matter of fact, he said he's made more plays than any other defensive back. And if you're watching the games like I'm watching the games, you know that he's right. He has been the dude, and you were spot on on that one. I got to give you credit for that one. You put me up on game on who Keyshawn Nixon was, where he came from, the kind of dog he was. And I say dog because that's what he's doing. He's out there being a dog. And I think the best compliment that I could hear about him and I've heard so far is from the 49ers rookie wide receiver Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel played with him in South Carolina, and he said, you know what? I'm not surprised by anything he's doing. That's the kind of dude that he was at South Carolina. He was that dude that expected to be successful, expected to be really, really good, and got after the best guys on the field. He wouldn't go after the the second wide receiver, the third wide receiver. He would go after the top-notch dude. He wanted to go head-to-head with him, man up every single time. And that's the one thing I heard from Keyshawn Nixon himself. He said, I need to do a little bit better when it comes to the other coverages, but when it comes to man-on-man, I'm, I'm that dude. I'm that guy. I can get up in someone's grill and, and cause them a lot of problems. And traditionally, any Raider fan knows, traditionally, the Raiders are a man-to-man type uh, you know, t- type defense. That's how they play uh, their coverage. Now, I know Paul Gunther's a little bit different, but that's, I mean, that's music to my ears as a longtime Raider fan. I know that the old Al Davis's teams are what? I'm going to stick on your man. I'm going to get up in your face, press coverage, and you ain't going nowhere. That's who Keyshawn Nixon is. He's almost like a throwback type Raider. So very excited about what he brings to the table. He, in my opinion, has already solidified his roster spot. He's made a guy like Nick Nelson, who I was very, very high on. Nick Nelson, he's made him expendable. I don't think he's going to have a roster spot because Keyshawn Nixon, the undrafted free agent out of South Carolina, like you said, has came in and, and stole the show. Bro, I was thinking the same thing, and that's where I'm going to go. I don't think Nick Nelson makes the team. I think Keyshawn, Nixon, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, K-9 supplanted him as a guy. And I think he's going to push for, down the road this season, a starting role for the Raiders. Agreed. I think he already is their, their best gunner on, on punts. Um, he's, a, he's a special teams demon. He's the type of guy that I think – is going to end up earning, be it Tremont Williams or Sam Shields, the guys that were undrafted rookies that end up become pro bowlers and key players and make a really good living as a corner. And, and look, I was just as high on you as Nick Nelson coming out. He would have gone higher. The, the torn meniscus really, really setting him back uh, prior to the draft. I thought the Raiders had a steal in him. And, and now it's like, you know what? You're looking at a guy that I just don't think is going to be on this roster. He may be somewhere else or maybe come back if he's not on the practice. He'll be on a practice squad. But I look for Nelson to be a guy that's expendable. And and I'm going to ask you this question. And we didn't, we really didn't talk about any anything we're going to talk about today. This is all pretty much freestyle, folks. Um, usually we have a rundown and we kind of like chop it up a little bit about what we're going to talk about. But let me ask you this, and I seen it on your Twitter account yesterday. 
And uh, I asked my roommate, who's a huge Raider fan, I said, look, you have your choice. Uh, J.J. Nelson or Pierce Hill. who are you keeping? I know which way I'm going. You, who do you keep? Because that's one roster spot I think that's up in the air because they're similar type players. No, I agree. I agree 100%. It's funny because a lot of people, and I even threw it out there before, that I think it's going to come down to Ryan Grant or J.J. Nelson. But Pierce Hill has really, really kind of showed himself and showed what he can do. And uh, if he was a guy that stayed healthy in Nebraska, probably would have been a drafted guy instead of an undrafted free agent. I'll tell you right now, man, Pearson L looks like he could play. I don't know exactly what his role would be, but I know that he has special team value. He can catch the ball. He could he could run some routes as a wide receiver. He looks like he could play that, that role really well. He's just not the, you know, he's not a number one type dude or anything. But if you have that ability where you could play and you can also double down on special teams, that makes that roster spot that much more valuable. I really do think that he is a, he's a guy that can can steal. And this is what I'm going to say, and this is no disrespect to him, he can steal a roster spot from a J.J. Nelson, from a Ryan Grant. I think he absolutely can because you know what those guys are. They're wide receivers, and they're only wide receivers. They have no other ability as far as anything else pertaining to the team they're not going to do special teams they're not doing anything you know on defense I mean they can't they they can't do anything but just be wide receivers and and not that they're slouches not that they're bad JJ Nelson's a very inconsistent but besides that he's fast and he can stretch the field I get that and Pearson L is not quite as fast as either one of those cats he's probably as fast as Ryan Grant but he's not as fast as JJ Nelson but with that extra value that he brings might make that 52nd spot, that 51st spot, that 50th spot on the roster, that much more valuable, and it might help him steal that job. This is this. This is the deciding factor for me. J.J. Nelson, yes, has had a very good camp. He's had a really good camp for all sense of purpose. But you know what you get with him. Yep. An inconsistent, fast, wide receiver. James Jet. <laughs> James Jet. Exactly. James Jet, uh, Darius Haywood Bay. Yep. That's what you're you're getting that type of receiver. With Pearson L, I see a guy that you're just scratching the surface and there's some untapped potential. Mm-hmm. And in this case, because of special teams, because of that untapped potential, I'm gonna roll the dice with him. To be honest with you, I'm gonna roll the dice with Pearson L. Over J.J. Nelson. I think we both can agree Keelan Dodds makes the team. Yep. Okay, so and I think he takes Marcel Aikman's spot. Absolutely, 100%, especially after hard knocks on Tuesday night. Okay, so we agree there. So, I think Grant makes the team, and I think Pearson L over Nelson makes the team. And that's kind of your receiving core right there. Okay, so you got, you got A.B., you got Tyrell Williams, you got Hunter Renfro, you're keeping Keelan Doss, which I'm keeping too. That's four. We're all four for four right there. You're keeping Ryan Grant, and then you're keeping yeah. – what, what about Dwayne Harris? Okay, this is the deal. If Pearson L's returning kicks, I could see them letting Dwayne Harris go. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that because Dwayne Harris is a really good gunner as well. Really good gunner. Well, then that leads you to Ryan Grant or Dwayne Harris. And I, I would say, me personally, and this is just me personally, I would go with Dwayne Harris because, again, John Gruden even mentioned Dwayne Harris in 2018 caused the, the, the kick return team to have eight 
penalties, eight holding penalties, trying to stop him as a gunner. So I think his value is so large, and he's such a veteran with a with a good mind. Like he's so smart. John Gruden's not going to let that go, at least not this year. I love Dwayne Harris. I love the signing. I think he's a guy that has a lot of value across the board, and I would I would agree with that. Dwayne Harris, I would probably keep him over Ryan Grant. And I think Ryan, you know, Ryan Grant, you got a guy who, at the end of the day, um, you know, he's had a really good camp. He's helped reestablish his career in a lot of ways. But I don't know if he's going to make a team because this receiving court, it may surprise a lot of people and it may surprise some people, but it's really, really good. To be honest with you, it's really good. It is. It is. So what do you do now on the other side when you look at that defensive line? Oh, and man. And you got a log jam of big boys in the middle. Yeah, buddy. What, what, what are you going to do there? That's a good question, man. That's a really good question. There's going to be some cuts on Saturday that I think are going to be uh, some surprises for Raider Nation. I really do. And this is funny, man. Going back to what you were saying is the wide receivers are are, are really talented. If you look at the roster in general, the 90-man roster, if you go up and down it right now, it's very, very talented. There's a lot of talent on the team. There's going to be some good guys that are going to get cut. But the di- difference is between the Raiders in 2019 and what they've been in, in 2018 and even even in, in some of 2017, they don't have to keep guys just to keep guys. Now they're, they can pick and choose because they know they have guys. They have dudes. You know, before it would have been like J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant are a no-brainer. They're going to make the squad. Both of them would have made the squad just because there wasn't the talent there. Now you got A.B., you got Tyrell Williams, you got Hunter Renfro who's turning heads as a rookie. You know, and then and then you got Keelan Doss who went undrafted, and he's he's looking like he could do something, and he doesn't have the pressure of having to be the number one guy. I mean, he's going to have time to develop. Hunter Renfro is going to have time to develop. Then you flip it over, like you mentioned, to the defensive side of the ball. There's so much talent there. There's so many guys that could play. You know, Maurice Hurst was the guy that drafted him in the fifth round. It was like a steal in 2018. You know, he's playing in the third quarter of a third preseason game. That was a made me yeah. scratch my head a little bit. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? So it's like they're they're trying to push him. I'm going to be interested to see if he plays tonight. They'll, we'll see what happens. But they're they're trying to push him. A guy that was drafted in the second round of 2018, PJ Hall. I think PJ Hall. I think he's on the I think he's on the bubble. I think he's he's walking on thin ice in my opinion. I like him. I like him a lot. I saw him at Sam Houston State. I know what he can do. I know he's capable of blocking a lot of kicks. He has a motor that doesn't run or that doesn't stop. But he also is in the training room a lot. He's in the training room a lot. So if you can't get on the field, you're no good to the team. And I know that that sounds just like a – it just sounds mean and cold, but it's the NFL, man. It's a business. It's not for long. You're a second-round draft pick one year, and then you're out the next minute. I, I can see P.J. Hall getting cut, and I think Justin Jelly Ellis is out. I really do. I think he's out. I think Westbrook keeps a spot. I think Hankins keeps a spot. I think Mo Hurst keeps a spot. I think uh, uh, Anthony Rush keeps a spot. And uh, and then uh, Corey Legit, who they just signed. I think he keeps the spot. That's five cats right there. P.J. Hall, Justin Jelly Ellis, I think both of them end up on the uh, the wrong side of the uh, of the cut date. I like Rush. Rush has really stepped up. He's really stepped up last week, too. I like the way he plays. Um, the best ability in the NFL is availability. That's the bottom line. So if you're watching an NFL game and you see guys that are constantly in the ice bath, constantly on the sidelines chilling. If it ain't their first or second year and they're a first-round pick, 
more than likely those guys are going to be off the team in the long run. That's just the way the NFL works. So, you brought up A.B., and before we go to quarterbacks, um, I want to plug a story I wrote for FranchiseSportsMedia.com. It's actually Franchise Sports Media. You're going to be covering the Raiders for us. It's a company that myself and uh, recording artists, actors, songwriters, TQ, we founded, and it covers sports around Las Vegas uh, from the youth level all the way to all the professional teams, including high school um, and all the, all the sports that's in between, UNLV, um, Golden Knights, Aces, Aviators, uh, high school football, I mean, you name it, the Lights, which is the MLS team here. Um, you know, all, all of those, or you, United Soccer League, USL, something like that. <laughs> but we, we cover all, we, yeah, it's just, it's a soccer team. But we cover the, we cover all those, those teams. And I wrote, and we included the Raiders in there because, you know, obviously the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas in 2020. So I wrote an article, um, and it says, Brown will deliver for the Raiders. That's the name of the article. And if you guys get a chance, go to FranchiseSportsMedia.com, go into the news, and that's where all the blogs and stuff are at. And I make the case that I have no problem, zero problem, with Antonio Brown and everything that's happened. To the point where I even have, I spoke to a Raiders source who didn't want to be named, and they gave me a couple good quotes in there. But I have zero issue, and I actually think Brown right now, it's, he's in the best position that he could possibly be. I think the Raiders have handled everything perfectly, and I think what that's done is create a bond and forge a bond between Antonio Brown, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the rest of his teammates that will never be broken, that, that Brown will actually go into the Hall of Fame years from now as a Raider and not a Steeler. Wow, that'd be big. That'd be big time right there if, if that's what he ended up eventually doing. Um, I think I think you're spot on with him uh, delivering on the field this year for the Raiders. I think John Gruden has played this up perfectly. I think he's really navigated the waters with Antonio Brown perfectly. I think Mike Mayock has played it perfectly as well, kind of being the, the, the bad cop and letting John Gruden be in the good cop because ultimately A.B.'s got to be on the same page with John Gruden. You know, he doesn't have to be on the same page with Mike Mayock, but collectively together, I believe Mayock and Gruden sat in the back room and said, okay, this is how we're going to work this. You're going to be kind of the tough dude, and I'm going to be the nice guy because A.B. Is a, is a Gruden dude. He is an absolute Gruden dude. They're both kind of wired differently than most cats, and he gets them. He gets them, and even the parts that he might not get, he still gets it. You know what I mean? I mean, John Gruden has done a hell of a job just navigating the waters with A.B. this whole offseason. Actually, he's done a hell of a job navigating with Hard Knocks being there at, at training camp and through their preseason games. They, they've done an absolute good job, really good job, better than I thought. I thought it was going to be a big distraction, but, man, they're, they're smooth sailing right now. I've got to give those cats a lot of credit. Uh, what they're putting on the field in 2019, regardless of what the win-losses end up looking like, is so much better and so much more entertaining than it was in 2018, and the season hasn't even started. But I can guarantee you the product that's going to be out there is already better than what we saw in 2018. Absolutely. This, this is the best Raider team I've seen in the last, I want to say, 10 years. 10, 15 years. I mean, honestly, even that team that Del Rio went out and won with, I don't, I don't see that team as the same type of team that this team is. I think this team is deeper. It's more athletic. And look, at, you have good problems when you have good receivers, good D linemen, really even a good secondary overall. 
in front of you that you're going to have trouble cutting guys. You're going to struggle about what guys you're going to cut and what guys you're going to keep. And I'm going to take it one step further. Let's, let's talk about the quarterback position. Okay, we all know Carr is going to be the guy that is locked in and is going to be the, the number one starter. He's QB1. But QB2, I think, is a little more up in the air, and I think the staff is conflicted. I'll go as far as saying I think Gruden already in his mind has made up that Nathan Peterman, the Peterman, will be the number two quarterback, and Glennon's gone. And I think Olsen and some of the other guys prefer Glennon over Peterman. I can see that. I absolutely can see that. I think that that's one of the best competitions going on right now for the Raiders. I think really that's going to be one of the toughest decisions is do you, and this is how I put it, do you go with the – the upside of a Nate Peterman, because he does have upside. He's young. He still has time to grow. Do you go with the upside of Nate Peterman, or do you go with the veteran who knows what he does, but you know who he is in Mike Glennon? Neither one of them impressed me, and neither one of them have impressed me, but at moments they've both looked decent, if that makes sense. Either way, if Derek Carr goes down, you're in trouble. But ultimately, I think John Gruden is going to say, I think I can help this young man, Peterman. I think I can help him grow into something legit, similar to what I did with Rich Gannon, similar to what I'm trying to do with Derek Carr. I could do that with this guy, and I think I think he's going to end up taking the job, but that's going to be a tough, tough decision. And if they can't come to a middle even, if they cannot come to a decision on one, they might just keep both. And I, I don't think that that's worth it when you have a lot of talent on the roster. I feel like you're going to make one guy go. You're going to lose one guy because of that. But – that might end up being something that they have to do because they cannot come to a, a middle even. See, here's the thing, and I'll go back to the same argument I'll make for Pearsonell and J.J. Nelson with Glennon and with Peterman. You know what you get with Mike Glennon. I think with Peterman, there's untapped potential. Look, I'm going to go back to Mike Glennon coming out of high school. He was a four- or five-star guy, went to North Carolina State, had all the hype in the world. He rode the bench till his senior year. You go to the NFL, he's, he's going to get a great, a really good senior year, but he has all the, all the talent. We were arm talented, tall. So he was a, you know, wasn't a first-round pick. He was a second- or third-round pick. But, again, can't get the starting job in Tampa Bay on a bad Tampa Bay team. They dropped James Winston, and he ends up going somewhere. Can't remain the starter in Chicago. Bounces around the league, ends up with the Raiders. With Peterman, he would yes. The five-interception game is bad. That's all we know. That's all we know. That's all you know about him. Yep. But let's go back. And I said this to my, to my roommate. Again, we, we watch these, these Raider games, and he's one of those. He's a diehard fan, so he's into it like just like everybody, like all Raider Nation is, where he, every, he sits on every play. When they, won their, when they beat the Cardinals uh, in the first preseason game, or he was beyond happy, or the first or second preseason second, game, beyond yeah, happy. Second. Second, yeah. And he was talking trash, and I loved it, right? So I look at Peterman, and I and he, he goes, oh, he sucks. He said, but look at John Elway's rookie year. And go see how many touchdowns and interceptions he threw. John Elway was trash his rookie year with the Broncos. When I mean trash, I mean in today's NFL, he wouldn't have a job or he'd be bouncing around because his numbers were that bad but it was a bad bronco team so now you fast forward to peterman 
the Bills teams weren't great. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills now. We're not talking about Marv Levy's Buffalo Bills. We're talking about these Buffalo Bills, who just now found their quarterback. Last year, this is the guy that didn't have weapons around him other than LaShawn McCoy, which you can't hand the ball off 40, 50, 60 times a game. It's the guy killed. So, and how many of these receivers were running the correct routes? How many of them weren't balls that fell out of their hands or tipped out of their hands into the defender's hands? How many of them were just him just making a bad throw? See, go, let's, I want to go back and watch that film because I think you can make the argument with his, with his athleticism, with his arm strength, and with the belief of John Gruden behind him, this guy could be a really good backup quarterback. Do you want him to start for you? No. I don't think there's 32 teams that want their backup quarterbacks right now starting for him. I don't care who they are. But he's a guy that can come in and really do some nice things for you when it's all said and done for a short period of time. I don't get that feeling with Glennon. Right. I mean, again, you know what Mike Glennon is. You know who he is, what he is, what he's capable of doing, and he's lost his job to a young cat every single time, every step of the way, whether it was in Tampa Bay, Arizona, Chicago. It doesn't matter. He continues to lose his job to young cats. It looks like he could lose his job to a young cat here. And you're right. Nate Peterman, like I said before, has more of the upside. He can keep plays alive with his feet. He has to have the biggest thing for him is just confidence. If he has confidence, which he lost after that five-interception game. Matter of fact, he probably lost it about two interceptions in. But uh, after five interceptions in one half, his confidence was shot. So if he has confidence, he can go out there and play. Do I think he's really good? No. I just think he's serviceable. But John Gruden, for some reason, seems to think that he's got something special in him. And if he does, that's fine. He could be a backup, like you mentioned. I don't know how it's going to end up shaking out. I really, really don't. Ultimately, if you're a Raider fan, you're not going to want to see number four go down. If number four goes down, everybody's in trouble anyway. But at least you know that Nate Peterman could keep plays alive with his feet. You saw a little bit of the zone read ran by him. John Gruden called a couple zone read plays uh, when they played against uh, against the Cardinals, against the Rams, whatever yep. game it was. He, he, he called a little bit of that because he could do that. Mike Glennon's going to sit back there. He's going to be a statue. So we'll see what ultimately uh, happens. I'm not... A big fan of either one of the guys, but I, I do believe, and, and Hard Knocks number four showed me that John Gruden does have a soft spot for Nate Peterman. So if, if it comes down to one of those guys, Nate Peterman will probably get the job. Well, let me tell you what made me think he's making the team and his decision has already been made. When Gruden is on his headset and he goes, you know, I'm done with Glennon. You know what? I want Peterman. Get Peterman in. I'm done. I'm putting Peterman in. I don't care. You yeah. guys seen him. I want Peterman. Peterman, hey, you're in. That that to me was right there. Like, okay, it's a wrap. Glennon, you're you've done you've done your job. You were here. You 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 may have shown enough for another team to bring you in, but I don't think that you're at all going to make this team. You know, and look, let's be honest. In in Let's talk about that. You know, it's not Raider related, but look at what happened in Indianapolis this past weekend. Right. Andrew Luck, for a couple weeks, was in mulling retirement. His agent has, had been talking to the Colts. They, they've been in contact. They were talking about everything. And it got to a point where he just was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to retire. The team wasn't shocked. The players kind of knew 
they actually had a, a press conference schedule for Sunday that they decided that they'll move it up to Saturday because it got leaked. somebody leaked the information. Yeah, right. Shepard. And the Colts may have been in the best position of any team in the league with Brissett as the backup quarterback. I don't know if there's another team in the league that can feel or say that same thing. Maybe San Francisco because of the guys they have there. Maybe Miami with with Fitzpatrick and Rosen. No, no, no. Rosen's terrible. That's what I'm I'm just saying, that's why I said maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe the Giants with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But when you've got quarterbacks that are pulling off the retirement heat back into the NFL, that goes to show you you don't want your quarterback no. going down for any reason at all. So I guess at the end of the day, Peterman is more like Carr than Glennon. Carr can get out, especially when he came in, can get out and run a little bit. Is he the second coming of Michael Vick? Or No, he's not. But he can get out and have sneaky athleticism. Peterman is athletic enough to run that zone read and for Gruden to add that to the playbook. I actually I think it's already set in stone that Peterman makes the team. You could be right. You absolutely could be right. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the final decision is, but uh, for every reason that you just said, it, it makes a lot of sense. you know. And I could, I could definitely see – uh, Gruden going with the young dude and thinking that he could just bring him along. And if a guy, if a head coach shows some confidence in him, uh, he, he might be end up end up being loyal to Gruden, you know, and kind of riding it out and saying, you know what, I want to stick with him because while I'm learning his system, I'm learning from him, and, you know, I could be that dude behind him. And almost kind of like what Jacoby Brissett's been doing behind Andrew Luck. You know, he's been there, been there, been there, waiting for his opportunity, but hasn't got impatient. You know, so maybe Peterman says, I could stick behind Carr for a while and and I could really end, end up enjoying, enjoying uh, my time in Oakland and my time in Vegas, uh, you know, as a Raider. And, and then who knows, at some point uh, I might end up being the guy or, you know, maybe at some point I have an opportunity to go be a starter somewhere else. But I think he has a he has a, in his mind where he he'll he'll soak in as much as he can from Gruden because he's the guy showing the confidence in him when nobody else is. I agree. So today is August 29th. 2019. Q, in 365 days, UNLV kicks off against Cal Berkeley at Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the Death Star. 365 days from today. That means in less than 360 days, the Raiders will be playing their first preseason game in Las Vegas at the Big Al. I'm with it. I like that. I like that. I'm I'm really excited about it. I drove by it the other day, uh, and I tell you what, that thing is getting put together so quick. It's going to be done, I believe, before the stadium in Los Angeles. And uh, the Raiders actually today as well, Mick Akers from the Review Journal uh, tweeted out some pictures. um, The indoor practice field, has the roof put on? It's been, it's, it's already, it's completed, it's done. Uh, the roof that is, it's over a hundred and something feet in the air. So they said uh, the punchers can kick as hard and as high as they want while they're in at the indoor practice field. So I think that's a pretty big deal. And right now, the Raiders, are, I think, are set up for success. Now, 
I know the game kicks off in just a few minutes, so we're going to get out of here so we can watch the game. But, Q, just a couple things. Uh, give me a name, the biggest name on the Raiders, that's going to surprise people that you think is going to get cut. Oh, wow. That's a good question. That's a really, really good question. Uh, it's going to be a young dude. It's going to be a dude that uh, you know that everyone expected to to really be a, a big time player for the Raiders. I think it's going to be PJ Hall, and I don't think it's going to be because of uh, you know he's a big name because he uh, you know he's had a lot of production, but because he was that second round draft pick just a year ago. That's uh, that's giving up on a second round draft pick really really quickly. So I'm gonna roll PJ Hall. I know a lot of people are, are kind of have looked at me crazy when I've said that, but I, again, like you mentioned earlier, I say it all the time: your best ability is availability. He's just not available. P.J. Hall is on my list, but just for the sake of being different, um, I'm going to go Eric Harris. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't see enough in coverage. And look, and this isn't me. This is fandom aside because everybody knows who my favorite team is. That hit he had on Equinemia St. Brown, that wasn't a good hit. And the fine is coming next week, by the way. But that wasn't a good hit at all. The receiver was already going down. I like Eric Harris. We follow each other on Twitter. Um, I just don't see it in coverage. If I'm just watching the film, watching it, I don't see enough splash plays, and I don't see it in coverage, and I don't see it on special teams with him. I think they're going to look to bring in some, look to have somebody that can play multiple roles. I think that's today's NFL that can do multiple things. I think he's a safety, and that's about it, um, unfortunately. And I, I think he could be a very talented player, but I just don't think he makes the team this year. I don't know why. It's just what my gut is telling me at this time. Um, okay. Last question Last question for you. What are you looking for in the final preseason game? Oh, I'm just looking at the quarterback competition. I really want to see if, if somebody goes out and just steals the job. I want to see if someone goes out there and says, you know what, I'm not going to leave this to chance. I'm going to go out there and ball out. Because if any Raider fan remembers, Derek Carr won the starting job in preseason game number four against the Seahawks his rookie year in 2015. I mean, he, he, he won there, 2014, whatever year it was. It was five years ago. So, yeah, 2014. He, uh, he, he, he won it in his rookie or his, uh, his fourth game. He threw, what, four touchdowns that game against Seattle, and he absolutely became the dude, and he hasn't turned back yet. So if one of these quarterbacks, either Glennon or or Peterman, could go out and say, you know what, I'm going to get this job. It's going to be mine. I'd like to see that. I'd also like to see a couple guys on the defense uh, just step up. You know, I don't think uh, Keyshawn Nixon is going to be out there very much. I think he's already solidified his spot. But I'd like to see one of these guys step up on the defensive line that says, I feel like I'm on the, on the roster bubble. I need to go out there and make some plays and go out there and do that. So uh, we'll, we'll look at the defensive line. We'll look at uh, the quarterback position, and finally, uh, who's going to be who's going to be the guys on the offensive line, especially in the the guard position. We know Gabe Jackson's out for a while. Richie Incognito is going to miss the first couple of weeks due to suspension. Can there be a, a few guys? Can can the Raiders have some depth on that offensive line? Uh, it's been pretty decent so far in the in the preseason outside of uh, Brandon Parker. Can I can I see the offensive line continue to to look pretty decent? I'm looking for the following things. One, first of all, injury-free players, injury-free football. No injuries to any players no on doubt. the Raiders no at doubt. all. Okay, that's the first thing. I'm looking, that's, that's the most important thing for me for preseason. Uh, secondly, I'm looking for what guy gets the hot hand and how fluid and consistent and in rhythm the offense and defense is. Okay, what guys really gel together and play with some synergy. Uh, I'm looking for 
I think Keyshawn's going to play a little bit tonight. And I'm looking for Keyshawn to make plays, but I'm also looking for another safety or two to go out there and, or another cornerback go out there and make some plays and make some, and, and solidify a roster spot. I think it's big for Nick Nelson tonight, so I'll be watching him closely. And, you know, I want to see Keelan Goss just dominate this game. This is a game where I think it's set up perfectly for him to dominate, for him to go out there, for him to to be an impactful guy early on and then come off the field. Then you're going to see the other guys in there. That's what I'm looking for. I don't want to see Jacobs. I don't want to see Abram. I don't want to see Farrell. I don't want to see Carr. I don't want to see Brown. I don't want to see Williams or Williams or anybody starting on the offensive line for that matter. I don't want to see any regular season starter on the field. I want to see you guys on sidelines with all white jogging suits on, honoring Al Davis with some sunglasses, chilling, and uh, looking to have a relaxing evening going into the final touchdown and getting ready for your week one game. I'm with that. That that's that sounds good to me. I'll, I'll leave you with this little uh, nugget right here from Gil Brandt. He threw this out there on Twitter earlier today. Eight teams go into tonight's final preseason game with chance to go undefeated. Steelers, Patriots, Raiders, Ravens, Bills, Vikings, Niners, and Giants. Since 99, 42 teams have finished preseason undefeated. 18, which is 42.9%, have made the playoffs. Four, which is 9.5%, reached the Super Bowl. So, there you go. I don't know what that tells you. I'm just leaving you with that note, and you do what you want with it. I love that note, and that actually leads me to a final thought of the night. I know the next show we'll probably do our predictions on the show, but as of right now, I'm going with Mel Kuyper. I think the Raiders win the AFC West. I don't believe in any team, including Kansas City, who's getting dominated by Green Bay tonight. I don't believe in any team in the AFC West, and I, but I believe in the Raiders more than the rest. How's that? That's a that's pretty that's pretty ballsy right there. I'll, I'll let you roll with that one. Uh, I I, I want to see this season, man. I don't want to get too caught up. I'm I'm trying to temper my expectations because what I'm seeing so far in preseason has been nice, and it wants you to. It makes me feel like something special is brewing in, in Oakland, but I want to see it. The beginning of the season is going to tell me all I need to know. The first two games, first two games are at home. Can they get off to an early start? Can they win those two games? They need to know how to win and what it tastes like to win. This team has not had a lot of winning over the past few years. They need to get that confidence under their belt. Once you're playing with confidence, then you're cooking with grease and you can do anything. Absolutely. I agree 150% with you, brother. All right, folks. That's it for Q&A this week. We'll be back next week on the Silver and Black Five Podcast Network. For your boy Q, I'm Joe Arrigo. Thank you for listening and have a great night.